and welcome to The Process, a podcast about creative people and their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hugerworth. I'm John Lee. Season four, this is it. Uh, we're on, this well, is I know, this is the second two. episode, but... You can't, like, intro... And I'm not, like, introing it as if it's the first episode <laughs> of season four. I'm just excited that yeah, season right. four is continuing. Well... Also, our seasons like have no rhyme or reason no, to they, them. Oh, they do. do. They? The first two have ten episodes, right? Or ten main episodes, right. and then season three has five main episodes, and that's there's a writer's strike for season three. Yeah, season yeah. three is, uh, yeah, it's like Friday Night Lights <laughs> season two, except it's good, and Friday Night Lights season two is bad. But uh, apart from that, they're the same. <laughs> How is that? Okay, good. Metaphor. I just want to bring up Friday Night Lights as often as possible because I know. it's a really I, good show. Is that show that you like? I can't remember if you like I it. I love or not. it, but, but I have a gets, lot of strong it, feelings about it. It gets bad at one point. Season two is garbage. What is it on? Is it an HBO? It's on show? Netflix. Oh, it's it on was on. Uh, oh shoot, I didn't watch it live, so I actually don't know. I don't remember what channel it was on. But uh, is that a show about what is it? Is it about, about football uh, players? I mean, it's about football players. Okay, but I wouldn't think that you would be into that. I didn't uh, trust me <laughs> when it was recommended to me. I was like, that sounds bad. That sounds and bad. then it's not about football. It's about relationships. It's about overcoming adversity. It's about overcoming uh, a conflict, John. And it's about, I don't know. You're it's just about, describing it's football. About, it's about a lot of stuff, okay? Who's in that? Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's in it, but he's not okay. in, he's not in it until season four. <laughs> That's like a ridiculous person to say, <laughs> isn't it? I, but I really... I mean, I really like him, and season four is my favorite season, so that's why I brought it up. Uh, it's cool, because season four and five is, like, almost a, a completely different cast, except for, like, a few characters, but it's got... Um, I don't like that. What's his name? His name Kyle Chandler? Uh, yeah, the guy from Office Space. Is that? Yeah. Then I'm thinking of the wrong guy, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm it's the same this, dude. I'm looking this up. He's also in The Wolf of Wall Wait, Street. Wait, was he really in... Wait, is that this? No, that's a different guy. I'm How are you liking that phone I sold you? It's fine. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's his name, but I don't, was he really in Office Space? I don't uh, think I'm pretty so. sure. Isn't he the main dude? No. Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm so wrong. Yeah, what? No, he's not. All right, not never all. mind. No. Who's the guy in Office Space? I don't know. All right, I'll look that up, too. I'm looking it up. Oh, it's also got, uh, what was that terrible Disney movie about the Space Mars guy? John Carter? The terrible Disney movie about the Space Mars guy? Yeah, it's John Carter. Uh, Wally? No. No, John Carter. <laughs> I've, I've got it. I remembered it. John I said Carter? it three times. I, uh, yeah, it's got that guy in it. Uh, and he's dreamy and great. John Carter. So Ron Livingston? Are you is, thinking not, okay. Are you sure not thinking of Coach Carter? John Carter. Yes. Oh, this movie. Yes. Oh, okay, I'm sure. gotcha. Right. This right. episode is just us on our phones. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. John Carter <laughs> has 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was don't watch I mean, it. it was fine. I saw it in theaters. I don't remember why I saw it in Taylor theaters. Kitch. I think, but... I think this guy is also Prince Caspian, I think. Oh. He's hot. I'm into him. <laughs> is he? he's I don't, like know, a, he's I don't like know what a... he's doing now. Not much. No, he's not. He's definitely not Prince Caspian, but he looks like a dude who could I mean, play. You are just wrong Prince today. Ca- I'm so you are I'm, wrong. Today. I usually pride myself on like yeah, and knowing like actors' names. I'm, usually, you God, know I'm things such an I idiot. don't. And then, yeah, well, God, I'm such a huge loser. <laughs> don't judge me based off this intro alone. When it comes oh, to movie trivia, well, John, this is why I'm moving away forever. <sighs> Thank God. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's... Who do we have on the show today? We have Devin Macias. He is from... Uh, he plays in Slime Girls and Junior Adelberg, and he's got a bunch of other projects, too. Um, but he's a musician from San Jose. And Thanks for recording with us, Devin. Yeah, he's got I'm some... I'm sure you've forgotten about us. We didn't forget about he's you. He's got some good stuff, man. So... Let's get into uh, it. Yeah. And we join them in a conversation... 
already in progress. <laughs> okay, are we gonna start with a mountain joke? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's not a joke. It's, it's not just... a joke. I, okay, so I pointed out uh, Mount Amenum to them, and immediately, they, like, they just made this the same connection that it sounds like Menomina, <laughs> yeah. like the, uh, the Muppet song. The, yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. never made that. Have you made that connection before? No, I have not. <laughs> what? Not. No one. How? Like, how do you not? Like, Mount. <laughs> Mount Amunum, and then it's like immediately you have to be like Munamunum. Oh, and they were just like, oh, it's like looking at like Mount Baby hit me one more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's a song. All right. So we're See, asking all the low. I guess it's maybe, not that weird. It's I'm maybe not just because maybe just because you're around it so much and you just don't realize. All it's right. normalized for me. Yeah, wow. I don't know, like, right when I walk out of my house every day, that's, like, the first thing yeah. I see from the direction is, like, Mount Amunum. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I just... Well, now you'll never I, be able to unhear it. Manumunum. I feel like I can unhear it. I, I can yeah. unhear it. <laughs> okay. Because I think... Just different ears, Because I, I think Amunum is, like, a, a tribe, I think. Oh, okay. I uh-huh. think. that. Would, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, it certainly yeah. existed. The name Amunum certainly existed before Menomina. Right, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Okay, fine. Uh, so Devin, I didn't realize you were involved in three different projects. Uh, could we listen to Junior Adelberg? Is that what it is? Junior Adelberg. Adelberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adelberg on the way listen over. Listen that on the way over, and then uh-huh. uh, I've been listening a lot to Slime Girls recently. Actually, just like I Thank work, you. I work in a kitchen, and so I just get to put on music, and I really Sick. like like instrumental stuff. So yeah. I've just been like playing a lot of that. It's it's how is that transposed? Because it's like on guitars for the live show, right? Or um, oh man, we we just wing it like all the time, <laughs> like. Pretty much everything in a recording is Pedro. Okay. Uh, yeah, we haven't done anything studio-wise as a band yet. Gotcha. But, yeah, so all of those are uh, Pedro questions. But I can probably figure it out because <laughs> I know Pedro well enough now that sure. I, I know the intricacies of his uh, his <laughs> his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is Slime Girls, is that, like, the main project? Is, it, is there a certain project that takes precedence over the other two? or? Like, what would you consider um, your main project right now, I guess? My main project would probably be Junior Adelberg because I'm create or I'm uh, contributing most to it creatively currently. Okay. Um, but but it's weird because that, I consider Junior Adelberg my main project because that's me, my creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Slime Girls has definitely taken up more space because gotcha. of all the shows we've been playing and all stuff like that. Cool. Which is cool. Uh, and then what, what role do you play in uh, Junior Adelberg? Um, Adelberg. I, Adelberg. Adelberg. All right. <laughs> uh, I write a lot of it. Okay. Or at least for the new record, I did. The, the first EP we did was about half and half. The new record is a lot of the skeletons for the songs. The skeletons for about like 10 out of the 11 tracks on the new album were things I put together. Uh-huh. And fleshing it out has been... Um, uh, the group effort is that you singing? Um, no, not okay. on the on the EP. No, okay. I didn't, I I didn't like, sing Whoa. once. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we, like yeah, we listened that's to crazy. that uh, <laughs> yeah. earlier because I was I was on Spotify, and so oh, we yeah, wanted yeah. to make sure we had like a good point of reference. Yeah, yeah. No, the first EP was all uh, Shannon, um, the other vocalist and guitarist. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, but but you wrote like most of the lyrics. For no, for the EP, uh, she wrote actually everything okay. vocal wise. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the? Because uh, you've had like a lot of other projects in the past, right? Uh yeah, to varying degrees. I, I've been trying to reconcile like everything I've done recently, actually, because <laughs> yeah. I've seen, you know, you get those weird Facebook uh, chains where it's like, remember all the bands you were ever in or all the projects uh-huh. you were ever in. 
And I've been trying to think, and <laughs> I just reach blocks because I reach things I just don't want to remember, and then yeah, I just, totally. just stop. <laughs> gotcha. What's your like process versus like? Do you bring it to people to collaborate with, or how does the collaboration sort of take place for you for the most part? The way this record has worked is I made rough drafts of all of the tracks first, with me playing guitar, me programming drums. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I did one guitar line. Sometimes I did both guitar lines. And then brought that, taught uh, the rest of my band the basic gist of the song, mm-hmm. just like the just like the idea of the song and what to do with it. And they're all really, really good in fleshing that out. Cool. Yeah, we've all, like, I've known Jason and Shannon for a long time. I've mm-hmm. known Adrian for a long time, too, but I haven't played music with Adrian for that long, who is our bass player. Okay. Um, but Shannon and Jason I've known long enough and it's it's really cool because I can give just like a very basic idea and I'm so bad at explaining things. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah. me and Shannon both <laughs> are actually all of us, none of us are like um, classically trained in music. Mm-hmm. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of my ideas are me just trying to articulate this nebulous idea. <laughs> totally. And then Jason getting what I'm trying to say and then rele- re- relaying it to Shannon in a way she can understand it. Right, yeah. So it's like this weird like translate like we're all like trying <laughs> yeah. to translate for each other in our in our bad ways of explaining mm-hmm. ideas, but it, it's worked so far. Yeah. <laughs> I also I've been blessed in that I've pretty much only worked with people that I would consider good friends. Okay, right. so at yeah, the time yeah. I started working with them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that takes care of more things than people would initially expect. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, I, th- I think that chemistry is almost more important than speaking the actual language of music right, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, so you were friends with them before you started? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that could be, we were talking about that last night, like how that, because we... Oh, yeah, we, well, we were kind of talking about how we became friends doing this podcast. Like, right. we, we knew each other and we, like, respected each other for, mm-hmm. uh, like, in the, within the comedy scene up in Bellingham. Uh-huh. Uh, but then we started working together and so... I've just never been mad at him, <laughs> and like he's never been mad at me. And, yeah. I, and other projects I've done where I've been friends with the people first, like right. I just get, I get so pissed off because I'm like, oh, we're friends, so we can just collaborate. And then like yeah. we, but tensions get higher that way for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Have you? Uh, what has been your experience with that? Like, has it been? Oh, I've been mad at everyone. I've been mad, <laughs> <laughs> it's all mad but it's all love. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it's you know none of it's none of it's that bad. I feel like everyone knows me. That's the other thing. I feel like people know me enough to know when I'm frustrated and it's not a big deal and when I'm, like, actually mad and yeah. it's a big deal. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, how are you as, like, just over, just as a, as a collaborator in general? I know you said that, like, it's hard, like, explaining issues, but mm-hmm. it's... We talked about... We were talking last night again about... Uh, like when you have a vision and mm-hmm. it's just like, this is my vision, like everyone back off or are you pretty open <laughs> to like uh, every, everyone's views? Yeah. I would like to think that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm pretty open. Yeah. Sure, sure. I, I, I was talking about this recently too um, with Adrian since they were the new member and I told them me and Jason's, me and specifically me and Jason will kind of, we don't even realize we're doing it like when we're um, in the creative process, but we'll do a lot of telling people uh-huh. like what to do, right, right. but like not not in a way like you have to do this. It's just uh, like, okay. hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, do this. 
<laughs> but also feel free to do something else right, and like yeah, add your own like, add your own spin to it. But the way the way we come off is just like do that. Right. No, I, to- I totally I totally get what you mean. You were talking about um, being a part of a part of like a bunch of different projects, mm-hmm. and is because I can totally relate to this. Is there like this addiction to starting a project? Um, and, there was for a while. Right, it's just like that rush of like, oh, this is new, and it's like, oh, what's the what's the name of this yeah, gonna yeah, be? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, and then I like, well, you're twenty percent into the project, and you're like, well, it's boring now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. let's do it again. But, yeah, twenty thirteen through about late twenty fourteen, I was like that. Yeah, but beginning of twenty fifteen, when these three projects started materializing more and more, uh-huh. um, is when I kind of stopped, and I was like, all right, I need to focus on on certain things I can't just keep right. starting new things yeah and uh, I, I feel bad turning people down because I feel like I've done it a lot yeah. Yeah, yeah. for, for yeah, projects yeah. but I'm just like yo like if, if I keep extending myself to all these projects none of them are going to be as great as they could potentially yeah, be totally. exactly yeah um, so talk we haven't really talked about it talk about uh, Galaxy Swim Team the label you're involved with how did oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. come about so around in like 2014 um, met a bunch of people online uh I actually met one of my good friends now, Noah Hafford, uh, at an anime convention oh, cool. in, um, what city was that? Some peninsula, random peninsula city, Burlingame. <laughs> oh, it was <okay>. Burlingame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met, I met Noah through Pedro from Slime Girls, who I'd known, um, just from San Jose music stuff, because Slime Girls, before I was in it, had played a couple times in San Jose. Okay. Because Pedro's from San Juan, uh, San Juan Batista. Um, but yeah, I met Noah and we stayed in contact through Twitter and we gradually started meeting more and more like-minded people. Mm. And at that time in 2014, the net label scene was just popping. Everybody had their own like net label and their own affiliation and their own thing they were trying to do. And naturally when we were like, yeah, cause we were all like, 18, 19 when yeah. this was yeah. a thing. So naturally we were just like, yeah, we should just make our own, you know? <laughs> totally. But um, I really like it because I feel like a lot of net labels have sort of fallen off and fallen apart. Mm-hmm. Um, just naturally knowing people on the internet, you're going to start drifting away because you're not in a physical space together. Yeah. Um, and that happens with a lot of people. It's just like natural. But all of us were... All, all of us remained such good friends and started moving closer and closer to each other so we all you know kind of continue doing it yeah and it's been almost exactly two years since we've started it and it's still going strong and cool. i'm really proud of it yeah that's awesome who landed oh, yeah. on that name galaxy swim yeah. team <laughs> at the time we just wanted to make the least offensive sounding thing in the world because <laughs> no one's offended by a swim galaxy team. swim team yeah yeah, yeah i mean there, around that time there was a lot of like focusing on um being self-aware and how you were putting uh your image out there on the internet right and yeah like you don't want to push any push the envelope yeah, or, how, like, yeah. how you're promoting your brand and there was a lot of things a lot of friends Who's you know brands contain like little offensive things there that right, you know, yeah. so when we started we're just like all right what is the like least <laughs> offensive Mass sounding appeal, thing in the yeah. entire world yeah that's funny. but that's also cool because all of us like space and we all like swimming yeah <laughs> perfect to go what's not that offensive yeah. space and swimming yeah <laughs> so with uh, with like uh, like a small sort of net label like mm-hmm. that what uh, what is like your involvement with bands and like in projects you just kind of like put the music out there or, or mm-hmm. what's your involvement I guess. 
Uh, it's varying degrees. A lot of the, a lot of the earlier stuff is things that um, were all of us involved on the label mm-hmm. as artists, because everyone on the label is an artist. Okay. So cool. the majority of releases have been people we've been involved with for a long time. The only things that we haven't really been involved with was a band called Pastel Dream from Davis, who are really good that we ended up playing a show with on tour. Uh, in September, okay. and I was like, "This band is so good." And then I gave them a business card and we put, <laughs> out, and we put yeah, out their totally. EP. But other than that, it's 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 pretty personal. It's pretty intimate. Okay, we all think of each other as friends first. Cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, really cool. Yeah. So, how long have you been uh, writing music? I've been writing music since 2011. Okay. So not as long as a lot of my peers. Yeah. Sure. And like how how has that overall process changed since 2011 to 2017? Oh man, I just know so much more than I did. I listen to a lot more music than I did. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What well, do you know like remember like what some of your influences was or people you tried to emulate by like 2011-2012? Uh 2011 it was pretty much primarily just uh like guitar music and uh just bands that were guitar, drums, bass format. Yeah, sure, yeah. I remember listening to a lot of Sonic Youth, a lot of Algernon Codwellotter, just like rock and emo bands. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. Yeah. Just pretty much. Because like my <laughs> right, first, yeah. my first real band was an emo band. Is uh, that Red Club? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was like the first time. And since then, I I've like there's still inklings of of Bread Club era in uh, Junior Adelberg, but. Uh, I I just listen to a lot more things. I take way more influence from thi- from things outside of guitar music. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your project after that was like kind of electronic, right? Like more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a solo electronic thing. Yeah. So what what was like your inspiration to kind of shift focus? Because it was it kind of went from like emo, sort of punky, I guess, into like this electronic stuff. And then how would you describe Junior Adelberg? I guess like genre wise. Um, it's kind of the binding of the two, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot, uh, especially on the new record. I feel like people are gonna be able to hear the uh, the the melding between those two polar opposite influences <laughs> yeah. of just like rock music and like electronic music. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. At what point in your process do you feel the most stress? I mean, is it when you're just starting out, or is it uh, uh, that last ten percent? Yeah, I think it's recording because we're okay. recording right now, okay. and I'm stressed out. <laughs> are you are you producing the album yourself or? Yeah, we're doing it ourselves. Okay, cool. um, our our drummer Jason is a fantastic producer oh, and sweet. engineer. So, and I'm also really good at producing. So, yeah, we just decided to go. Oh um, yeah, that what makes that recording process so stressful? Um, scheduling. Oh, oh totally. gosh, yeah. Like a nightmare. yeah. <laughs> Scheduling is is just the biggest thing, <laughs> and it's also like the least fun part of any music project because you're just like like scheduling is such a mm. officey sort of thing. I don't like yeah. right. Yeah, like, there's I nothing creative about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and we all tell each other our availability and all forget within like four <laughs> seconds. Right. Like if you go through our our Facebook group of the four of us, there's probably like <laughs> okay, when's everybody free? Like that post, there's probably forty thousand of just okay, when <laughs> right. is everybody totally. free? <laughs> yeah, we're involved right yeah. now in. Uh, Oh, I guess John's not in it anymore, uh-huh. but we had a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that is like oh, nice. my gosh. set to come out. Yes. And so like nice. there's five of us and like we're half of just... us are students, half of us work full time. And then like John was in a different city and it was like, <laughs> we had this Google doc and it's like, okay, every week put your schedule in. And like some of us, we would just forget to put our, our schedule into the Google doc. It was doc. so bad. Like, well, oh it, my gosh. it would be like, all right, we have 
these two hours available to us. Right. And then I would get depressed and be like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. Well, every time it was like, we would get four out of five and we're like, we're just waiting on that last person. Yeah. And then the, then the last person, like, without a doubt, would be like, I can't. Like, <laughs> oh, I, hate, I hate scheduling so much. I totally get it. Where do you get, like, the inspiration for a song? Or, like, what's the kind of starting point of, like, I have an idea for a song to, like, I'm now making this song sort mm-hmm. of a thing? Um, They're all different. I think the... There's usually, when I'm listening to other songs, there'll be, like, one aspect of it, like, one really, really good idea that will just, like, chain react into just, like, a bunch of different ideas for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's this Goliath song that was pretty much exactly that, where it was there was a section of a Beach Boys song. Like, the last section of it was... <laughs> Which song? It was Cabin Fever of okay. a Smile. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah, the last section where it's just like they're doing the arpeggiated choir mm-hmm. over like the drone. <laughs> and that was like like 67. I was like, this is wild. How, <laughs> totally, yeah. how are you doing this in 1967? <laughs> and then it was, it was the idea of that and then also of a gorilla song mm-hmm. off of The Fall. Mm-hmm. Um they actually do the same thing on two songs, the same idea in the fall and on Melancholy Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Empire Ants, and I forget what the song on the fall is called, but it both of them start off kind of like mellow, just like acoustic guitar, uh-huh. and, but then the second half is just like this fat dance beat. <laughs> totally, yeah. And it's so cool. Like that idea of like that duality is so cool to me. So there was a song where I pretty much just took that idea mm-hmm. where I was like, I want like drones and arpeggios, but then like, there's just a fat beat. Yeah, the second totally. half of the song. <laughs> That's cool. And so we, we were actually kind of having this conversation, uh, yesterday we were talking about how like in comedy, it, like when people kind of rip off somebody else's style, it's like seen as like this oh, like, yeah, weird, like, like sin in comedy, exactly, but then yeah. in music, like that happens so often. You're just like, wow, like I love what they're doing in this song. Yeah, I want to yeah. take that and make it my own. So, mm-hmm. like, wh- how would you say, like, you... What's the process of, like, taking those ideas and then, like, kind of, like, changing them to, like, make them fit but your that, style? that Devin twist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it's uh, just context, how you contextualize ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because they're, like, the same... I. I go back a lot to uh, just the art of sampling because mm-hmm, sampling uh-huh. is just taking directly something that exists. And, yeah. But what can make it so beautiful is putting it in a completely different context. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot how I think creatively is, you know, the same way like a sam like a sampler would would do. Right. Things like that. Yeah. Unpack that a little bit. Just like for people at home yeah. who, don't, who haven't really had experience with sampling or don't know much uh-huh. about it. Like what what is your process of like taking samples from from people and then like, I guess, arranging them differently? Well, I guess sampling a lot. I mean, I think of sampling a lot in the terms of, of hip hop, I guess, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. I and I'm a huge hip hop fan. I guess a good example would be there's a band called Bon Iver, and they have this song called Woods, mm-hmm. which is just this vocoder choir them just layering voices okay on top of each other and that alone you know it's a pretty cool idea right yeah, yeah. Totally. now it's chill but then you introduce Kanye West who takes that idea and then adds just like every because that's the last track of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it starts with 
the choir from Woods, mm-hmm. them singing that vocal line, and then it erupts into just all the drums and all the different samples that have happened like throughout the entire album. Yeah. Right. And it's just like this giant like festival of like sound <laughs> happening. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But it, I don't know. It's just really beautiful. The way <laughs> yeah, you yeah. could take just, you could hear just that little idea and then just put it in this context of just all these different things and totally. have it be a completely, right. completely, uh, just heartbreaking track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like some, a lot of people will take things and put them in very similar or exact same context. Yeah, okay, cool. And and I, th- I feel like in music, that's not necessarily looked down upon as much if you just credit it. Yeah. Because yeah. that is the big thing is people don't, will not credit and not pay. I think yeah. the, like the most famous one is like Ice Ice Baby. In, in oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Okay. yeah. I was going to yeah. say that, yeah. That's like, a bigger he, example like, yeah. than mine. Vanilla Ice like <laughs> claimed for that, like, that to be his own. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah. yeah so. I, th- I think he knew it wasn't his own. I feel like he was just kind of like, I feel like his PR probably told him just like, don't acknowledge it. Just don't acknowledge right. it. Yeah. And he, yeah, he didn't totally. pay a dime. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is like kind of a random question, but is the emo genre, is that like it's still thriving and still kicking? I mean. Kind of. I don't know. It depends on what you consider emo. Emo has yeah. gone through a bunch of incarnations. Um, I'm going to stop right there talking about emo because I know <laughs> some emo purist is going to hear this yeah. and then tweet at me a bunch just like, no, this is actually how it happened. I'm like, I don't care how it happened, dude. When you're writing a song, and this is kind of a question for you too, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, like, this, you're writing this thing. It's like, oh, it's so near and dear to your heart. And like, oh, it's just, it just means everything to me. And then you take like one step back and you're like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I don't know why that related to emo, but like, it's just, <laughs> I think like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like, like an emo, like moody kid. And he's just like, oh, yeah, this is like, this like is so close to my soul. And then like, you look at it and you're like, oh, this is like, this relates to nobody. Or mm-hmm. like, I mean, you guys relate to that in any way. I would say the majority of people create something personal mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. But, the challenge of creating great music is creating something that is equally important to you and important to other people that mm-hmm. can convey your, I, I feel like it's like the struggle to make good music is articulating exactly how you feel to somebody else. Yeah. Right, and having totally. them understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, some of the most heartbreaking music is, you know, instrumental mm-hmm, or it doesn't right, have yeah. lyrics. Like, there's a don- there there's an album by this um, by one of the best hip hop producers ever called Donuts. Rest in peace, Jay Dilla. His birthday was like two days ago. Yeah. Um, but there's not really there's there's like vocal samples on there, but mm-hmm. all that whole album was recorded on his deathbed. Yeah, I yeah, I, oh, I, I, really? listened, I had a friend oh, wow. recommend that to me, and I yeah, yeah it's, the album's it's, incredible. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like it's heartbreaking. It's like a magnum opus. Like it's just so yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he made he made it like knowing he was about to die. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, but. You can just you can just hear it in like different samples, different like certain things. Mm-hmm. You're just like this is his goodbye to like everything, and yeah. it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome, and it it conveys it so perfectly. Right. Yeah. How, how do you think uh, like music is, as a medium for expressing mm-hmm. that sort like those sorts of feelings? Like, how does that differ from other artistic mediums? Like, what is the the benefit to expressing yourself through music? Do you think? Um, I don't think it's necessarily a benefit. It's just how you how you feel certain things i feel like certain people are like almost destined to express stuff in certain ways yeah right yeah um i feel Mm. like i am i feel like 
the only way I can express myself like purely is sonically. Like okay. I like right. I like making things visually sometimes, and I, but I can't I can't express myself yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. But some people can. Some people, you know, express themselves perfectly visually. Right. Yeah. So I think it's almost almost predestined. Do it all. 
Second act, the sad act. Adjust accordingly. No, I'm getting. I'm totally getting it. It doesn't have to be sad. I don't think it's rarely a sad thing. (laughs) Um, So, did you grow up around here? Yeah, I've lived in San Jose my entire life. Your entire life. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about your family. You have siblings. Yeah, I got one sister. Um, Got my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. Got my dog. Um, uh, what were you like growing up? Were you a shy kid? Or like high school, middle school days? What, tell us about the, the, de- I, the, the Devin middle schooler, you know? I, I was awful as a middle schooler. <laughs> I was so awful as a middle schooler. I, it's hard to... I, I've actually done a lot of reflecting on how I've... What, on my perception of my younger self. Uh-huh. I mean, were you like a problem child or... No, I had like pretty good grades throughout. Right. I didn't really get into trouble that much that I remember. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My parents also put me under a lot of pressure in terms of like grades and stuff. Okay. okay. So my, my perception of like how I was doing, like I, I was in constant panic mode as a kid, just like, I'm, uh-huh. I'm like, I'm not going to get good grades. Like I'm going to get a B and my parents are going to be so mad at me. Like, blah, right, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So I had a really, it, it's so weird now thinking back on it because right now I'm so laser focused on my career uh-huh. that uh-huh. thinking about times in my life where I wasn't laser focused on my career seems so foreign. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Like I think back on middle school me, I was like, what did I wake up thinking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I guess I was figuring out the world, but, <laughs> but how... How was I not just like freaking out about a deadline yeah. or trying to schedule yeah. when we were going to record, like, or writing something? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Because you know, like, like I said, I didn't start writing like writing real music until like 2011. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, did you have any other outlets for like expressing yourself at the time? Like, were, were you always a creative uh, kid uh, growing up, or? Um, I think I was always creative. I played basketball a lot. Oh, really? As a kid, mm. up until like. I played through middle school on like the school team, and then I played just recreationally throughout high school. Was that really a passion, or is it? Yeah, I still love basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan. Oh, great! Yeah. Um, I don't play as much the past two years because, like I said, I'm just like laser focused on my career. Yeah. But I honestly wish I could play basketball. I feel like that was the primary outlet. Uh Okay. Um, yeah, throughout middle school. Or probably early middle school, throughout elementary school, I was like, I'm gonna make the NBA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. What, what was the point where you're like, I'm not gonna make the NBA? <laughs> uh, high school. <laughs> it was. I mean, because high school, you know, like, you know, I'm gay, and like realizing I was gay, I was like, I can't play sports. Like it's yeah. gonna be so oh, fun. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But nowadays, I'm just like, I can make the NBA right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm better than I. I can name like five players I'm better than. <laughs> Oh, shit, I, would, yeah. I would. I could help out so many teams right now. <laughs> NBA agents, I know you're listening. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> I never. I never thought about that. Like coming out as gay, and then also like your. If you had like sports streams, like yeah. that affects that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it totally does. Uh, yeah, I feel like if I had just, if I could go back in time, I would just be like, "Yo, dude, just don't care." Like, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. it's hard because you know that's your world uh-huh. when you're younger. Like you don't have. You don't have a perception of the outside world, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, talk, uh, talk about that a little bit, if if you want to, about like coming out and what that process was like. Um, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I throughout the last two years of high school, pretty much 
Yeah, the last two years of high school is when I started going to shows. Okay. And, you know, started hanging out with more people that were like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last year of high school, uh, hanging out with people that are still, I consider, good friends. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of gradual. Gotcha. You know, just doing that. Cool. And then, you know, after high school, later on, realizing uh, that you know, queerness and other things aren't mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, especially because when you're younger, there there's such an air about certain queerness that you, that if you are not immediately identify with, yeah, there's so much dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of that with me where I was just like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not like all the gay people I see in like media or whatever. Yeah. So or, yeah. Like, like, you don't know how to develop like the culture around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I think a lot of it is I realizing things weren't mutually exclusive. Uh-huh, like, you right. can just do whatever the hell you want. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, how old were you when you came out? Um, I don't think I ever, like, came out, came out. Okay, it was just yeah. kind of like, just, you it know. Just grows gradual, right? Yeah, it's it's gradual. Yeah. Yeah. We live in the Bay Area, sure, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. it's. Uh-huh. People just do shit, and <laughs> people don't even question anything anymore. I right. don't, like, no, like anything regarding like sexual identity or gender identity doesn't surprise me. Uh-huh. Or I'm, I'm, I, that's probably just me too. <laughs> right, like yeah. I just, it's like yeah, yeah, like you know, you're non-binary, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally yeah, cool. Yeah. I understand it's not like that for the majority of the country. Right, yeah. You kind of mentioned that you found, like, this community towards, like, the end of high school of just, like, people that were more yeah. like-minded. Uh, what was what was that like? Like, just being able yeah. to, like, create these micro-communities in kind of yeah. a big city like well, San Jose? I, yeah, well, I was always into, uh, I was always into music. So I started yeah. going, I just started going to more shows um, with certain people I knew that knew people that were in bands yeah. that were throwing shows. And then just going to shows and meeting other people that... You know, we're queer. Yeah, yeah. And then sticking together <laughs> right, with right. those people. Um, you said that your parents uh, put a lot of pressure on you uh, for grade-wise and things like that. Did they ever, like, want anything else for you? Uh, like, career like, like, Devin, you got to be a lawyer or whatever it is. Like, No, they were... Dude, my parents are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they listen to this. Uh-huh. They're yeah. so weird. They... They pressured me to get so many good grades, and then right. towards the end of high school, they're just like, "Yeah, Devin's not gonna go to college. Like, that's not what he's gonna do." Yeah, and I, I didn't go to college. Oh, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, man, I wish I had dropped out. I, I could have just, I could have done so much if I had just like taken right. or not dropped out, gotten my GED. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I, I could have. But that's also me now speaking, where it's like, I could have been so productive if I just, like, cut right. out high school. You're right, yeah. yeah but then exactly. maybe, like, if you had dropped out, you wouldn't have been productive. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really <laughs> yeah. don't know. Because I knew I knew a couple people that got their GEDs and then just kept doing music. Uh-huh. Totally. Um, which was cool. But, yeah, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at and things turned out. But it's just the, the laser-focused me now. Looking back, just getting mad that I wasn't productive. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much time. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think like the way your parents raised you and your family environment like ultimately affected like your your musical tastes and your and like what you what you put out? Yeah, my parents put me on to some some uh, some dope music. Yeah. They put me on to uh, some things that 
I didn't know it would stick with me that much. Things There's things I listen to like now that I remember being introduced to as a kid where I'm just like, oh my God, like everything makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. Like Bjork. Like they used to play so much Bjork for <laughs> uh-huh, me. Yeah. Um, and Bjork is a giant influence on mm-hmm. me. They used to play a bunch of David Bowie. Um, but a lot of it is uh, stuff they grew up with, like older, like funk and soul sort, oh, cool. of, sort of right. stuff um, that also resonate with me like even more now, I, I believe. Um, you talked about earlier about um, like being destined to to like express yourself sonically. Did you did you always know? Did you have trouble expressing yourself as a kid, or did you like? Do you remember like always having like an itch to just express yourself in some sort of artistic way? Um, I honestly never thought I was gonna be good at music when growing up. Oh yeah, yeah like like I said, it was. 2010 2011 when i first started uh-huh. yeah it was honestly when i started getting into the music scene um that i started like looking at music as a serious creative outlet right. for yeah. me personally because i had a guitar in like fifth grade and never uh-huh. touched it um i <laughs> picked it up again in eighth grade and right. i had to like learn some chords and uh-huh. whatever yeah and then in 2010 ish I started a ukulele band with a friend of mine. And like everyone had ukuleles? So. Yeah, yeah, we all had ukuleles. That's great. And I got kind of decent at that. And then I started, like, that was kind of at the same time. I started uh, uh, taking guitar a little more seriously. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, I owe, I owe a lot of music Music-wise, I owe a lot to the San Jose music scene and right. just the level of musicianship yeah. I was exposed to mm-hmm. um, that I appreciate even now more after meeting people that didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I was... I feel like I was pushed very... I, I, like, not by anyone specifically, but just, like, the level... the Like, the bar of musicianship that I was exposed to, like, made me want to get there yeah totally yeah well i had uh i i remember kind of like because i i was sort of the same way i didn't Mm -hmm. start playing music till like late high school early college really and uh a big part of it was like starting to go to more shows or even just going to like the shitty nickel city shows and like i think i think i saw like stick up kid play or something and like it was just like it was just cool to see like people my age or like people close to my age just Mm -hmm. like killing it and like putting together these shows in just some shitty arcade and like Mm -hmm. having a huge crowd come out and like Mm -hmm. uh I don't know that, and then I lived in a house with like some local musicians, and it just like, yeah, I was like, oh, I could just do like this is attainable, like yeah. this is something I could, yeah. I could build this sort of community. So it was yeah, just, that's that's weird that I never like saw you because yeah. that was like, <laughs> like stick up kids, the homies. Mm-hmm. I love, I love those dudes. I love, I love John. <laughs> yeah, I hope John's listening. Shout out to John. I love John. I see John like every day because he works at Tap Tempo, and I, I go. Cause I have to buy stuff and I'm like, Hey, what's up, John? <laughs> uh, is the San Jose music scene like, like any other creative scene? Like uh, I'm thinking of like the comedy scene up North, but, uh, there's like this inner circle and then there's like another outer circle. And then the outer circle is always wanting to be a part of the inner circle. Can, mm. can you relate to that in any way? Like, or is it just like you just start and it's like, Oh, you're in the scene. No, that was a hundred percent a thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have such like, split feelings on the San Jose music scene. Yeah. Because there was a lot of good in my life that came from it. There was a lot of bad in my life that came from it. Uh But But, um, I I, I do believe that, like, for a creative scene to thrive, there needs to be some level of exclusivity. But, like, it's uh, it's extremely toxic at the same time, like, having mm -hmm. that, like, oh, this is just for us. Like, and it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all subjective. But I I think it's necessary at the same time. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends. I I feel like growing up, there was a lot of gatekeeping um, right, from right. a lot of the older crowds. Specifically. Yeah. And then noticing as I got older, like, oh, none of you are like that sick. Like, none of you have, like, done that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I shouldn't, like, me and no one else should be really letting you guys dictate how we engage in this culture. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, I've, I've noticed, like, not even just the music, but, like, with, like, comedy scenes as well. Yeah. Like, you get these... With, with a lot. Any, yeah. any creative scene. Yeah. Well, you just get these, like, these people who've been around for so long, and they just, like, never... I think they're just like not that talented, but and that's why they're like mm-hmm. so strict about who they yep. let do their shows, and mm-hmm. they're just like this is their thing because they never got anywhere else. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's how I feel about a lot. I mean, that's yeah. how I feel, that's what gatekeeping is. Mm-hmm. It's people that yeah. just feel <laughs> people that just like they feel entitled. They feel yeah. entitled even though they haven't done much. They did the like bare minimum, right? Yeah. I know they think everyone has to earn their stripes forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a I feel like there's a healthy amount of that idea of gatekeeping i wouldn't call it gatekeeping because i feel like gatekeeping is a negative term Uh yeah but i feel like there's a healthy amount of like you need to understand this culture you need to understand where it came from and its roots to fully participate Uh right right Um, right that i I feel like that's a thing in a lot of uh, different scenes that can be healthy Uh but also you need to make sure i feel like as an older person in the scene you need to make sure that that comes off as um, you need to do this because there's history and you need to familiarize yourself with those that came before you and mm-hmm. as opposed to just like I'm bitter and old I'm bad at the young people because they are yeah. better than me already yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I was listening to this one comic and he was talking about like when you're a creative person and you're like in this pool of like other creative people mm-hmm. the mistake to, is to think that you're in a line mm-hmm. and you're all in line and the guy in front of you is like, that guy gets recognition. So now it's my turn to get recognition, but it's mm-hmm. not true. You're actually in a crowd. And like when yeah. people, it's just right. It's random when people get recognition when they don't. Yeah. So mm-hmm. people think it's unfair all the time. It's like, Oh, he got recognition before I did. Then that's where that like gatekeeping comes in. Cause you think just because you put the years in doesn't mean yeah, you're not like, you deserve it. To, like, exactly. Some sort of, sort of recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know. I, I I can see myself turning like thirty five and like the new wave of people coming in. I'm like these guys suck. Like yeah. I, can, I see myself becoming, which is like I, I can, hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, but. yeah. It's just like yeah. being. I think you just gotta like be aware and be like you were in their shoes. Like I, exactly. I've been yeah. uh, up in Bellingham. Like I want to get this thing going where there's just a place like new bands can go to because there there is this sort of mm. sense of like it's really hard to get your foot in the door or it's really like. I don't know, like, I, I like just... where do you start? Well, yeah, you know? like, in, in here it was, like, you have to do a shitty Nickel City show, and it's, like, I don't know. Right. I, I think for, yeah. for setting up shows, I would give anybody the opening slot, or I would just, like, give anybody an opportunity to, like, uh-huh. have that starting spot, I guess, and yeah. prove themselves. I think, yeah, I think it's important to just put people on. I mean, especially if it's, like, people of a marginalized demographic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, Pastel Dream, like, we were talking about earlier, like, I, I didn't know anything about that band. They were new, uh-huh. but... Mm-hmm. They were dope. Yeah, when totally. I saw them, so <laughs> right, I put them yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, should we, we get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Uh, so this is like the question, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so do you? Uh, I want to. I really want to change. Oh okay, yeah, ask. sure. No, change I, won't, it. I won't change it this right time. Now? Okay. We want to right. rework how we ask this <laughs> you question. Uh, you, have sure. remember, you have to remember <laughs> to tell me that. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you deal with anxiety and or depression? And if so, how has that affected you creatively? I've dealt with those things at in various. Um, various levels at various times of my life. Uh-huh. I honestly don't know. I just roll with the punches. Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've been searching for a distinctive 
uh, pattern that is that works for me creatively. Uh-huh. That, um, you know, in terms of like jobs and stuff, uh-huh. like because I didn't have a job, but I didn't have like a job I had to go in for from like June to about. To now, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I still don't have a job right. I have to go in for. Like, I've just been doing music and other things. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to find, like, a schedule that that is most conducive to my create, my creativity. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know. And I still just roll with the punches. Yeah. Because, you know, things like that get in the way. Like, just getting a wave of just like depression is like oh I can't do anything yeah <laughs> <All right. laughs> totally. yeah. I mean that's it was the entire month of November after the election I was like I can't yeah. do anything yeah <laughs> no, the, totally I, yeah, I, the I, shutdown yeah. yeah there was so many things I had to have done I'm so, I'm so <laughs> mad about the month of November I like cause we were coming off so hot like especially Slime Girls we were coming yeah. off so hot after those K, like Caracara Bonito <laughs> shows mm-hmm. like we just played like four of the biggest shows we had ever played with a band that we all loved, which mm-hmm. is rare because we don't re- agree on music at all in Slime Girls, <laughs> but we all <laughs> love Caro Caro Benito, and we we're all oh, so yeah. excited to play with them. Yeah. And after that, we're just like, all right, you know, 2017 is going to be great. Like, blah, yeah, blah, this blah. great momentum. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. was great momentum. And then the election happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and, then, and then I feel like, at least for me, like December was kind of like, okay, I'm getting back. I'm all right. I'm doing yeah, okay. Yeah. And then January, like when, like, it just got bad again. Like it was right, just horrible. Yeah. And like the last, oh, it was. It this was, podcast yeah. came to like a screeching halt. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, everything yeah. did, dude. It, nothing felt right, right to do. But yeah, we're there's things I'm I'm doing like now that I was <laughs> in, in September. I was like, I'll have it done by the end of November. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's was ridiculous. It was funny. Me and uh, Pedro were actually talking about that uh, when we were driving down to LA uh-huh. last month. We were trying to recount um, just everything we had done, and we're like, November? What happened during November? And we (laughs) paused for like a minute. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, the election. I was like, oh, yeah. That's why we don't. That's that's why nothing happened. Yeah. I feel like that was also just a time where it was uh, okay to not, to take a break from what your personal goals were to reflect on things that were affecting the majority of the country. Sure, totally. sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and just that, taking time to, like, reach out to people and... and yeah, know, yeah, yeah, but that just happened to be probably the most cataclysmic political <laughs> event in my entire life. Right, <laughs> right. Cox. Yeah, I'm Alex McKay. And we are Red, Red Hot, Hot Thunder Club. Club. And we have a podcast. We've both been guests on The Process before. You might have heard it. I'm very depressed. And I used to do heroin. And we have a podcast together. I started this club uh, when I was a little boy before podcasts, and I haven't matured since. Yep, so now we record just our, our meetings of the Red Hot Thunder Club. We're two gross boys trying to make some gross money in a gross, gross world. Uh, we got songs. Little dog puking up snot just like his dad. Me. 
Little dog poots. We got product ideas. So uh, I came up with the slap on strap on. We somehow make money off of fetishes. Vagina dentata with braces. But more than anything, we've got spunk. Yeah. Boom shakalaka and we like a good van. Boom ricky licky licky boom Sally Jesse Jesse boom Jenny 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 boy. So find Red Hot Thunder Club on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just step out of your comfort zone and into the comfort zone. Gross. Oh, it is a thing. Like, okay, okay. okay. Uh, so wait, what's Undertale for, under, for John? <laughs> Undertale is this uh, just indie video game, and it's like I don't know. How would you describe it? I like, um, it's ve- it's very. Um, is it Tale T A L E? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it is a game pretty much directly by and for people that grew up very, or people that grew up having a huge emotional impact from games like Final Fantasy and okay. games like Earthbound. Yeah. I've never played Earthbound, but everyone's like, oh, dude, it's like Earthbound. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I never played Earthbound, but I, Final Fantasy was my thing that yeah. had a huge emotional impact on mm-hmm. me, which is probably the reason why uh, Under Undertale resonated with me so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it, it kind of, it, it's almost like meta as far as like, like you, you play these games like Final Fantasy or like these RPGs where like yeah. you're just slaughtering endless <laughs> amounts uh-huh. of creatures, and then this kind of like talks discusses the morality of that, and it's just like this really emotional game, and like yeah. the gameplay it's itself. Very layered. It's yeah. it's so dense for what it is. It is extremely dense. Huh. Yeah, and it was made. It's like one of those games that you play and you feel like you're walking around inside someone's head because it's just such a personal game, and like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's I just highly recommend it, and the soundtrack is incredible yeah shout out to toby fox man yeah that dude that dude works hard (laughs) (laughs) totally and so yeah undertale 2 undertale Undertale 2 2. (laughs) what were some like your favorite game are you a gamer now uh kind of sort of no i don't have time to play (laughs) i wish i did i really do because i have so many friends in like game dev scenes Mm -hmm. and like things are the people that are like game devs and like pedro primarily you know works with you know, he has that project Amori coming out with Omocat that he's doing the music for. So I feel like I'm like peripherally like a part of that scene. Like uh-huh. I know a lot of people that work in the video games industry, but I just, I don't have time. Or just like, I or really just like growing up, were you like a Mario Kart kid or? Oh, uh, no, I played Final Fantasy a lot. Okay. I played Final Fantasy. I played Tekken. Super I Smash actually play Crash Team Racing. I'm more of a Crash <laughs> Team Racing guy that than is a Mario like, Kart That guy. is one of my favorite games Dude, of all time. Dude, it's so good. It, it holds up, because like Mario Kart 64 sucks. Like, Dude, it's so bad. Yeah. Screw yeah. Mario Kart 64. 64. We were talking about this the other day. It's Mario Kart 64 is bad. It's I don't so, care I, what I anyone says. I haven't met anybody with the same opinion. Yeah. It is like, I want to make a video about that era of kart racers, because yeah. yeah. Crash Team Racing is it's like the best. this golden standard yeah. for me. Dude, I'm so <laughs> mad, because like in our practice space now, there's a, like, there's um, a PlayStation and an N64 there, and me and Adrian were there the other day um, because I had to like get something, and we're uh-huh. just like, oh, we don't have to do anything, so let's just play some video games for a minute. And I played Crash Team Racing with them, and they were just like, yeah, this game's so awesome. Play Mario Kart 64, no! oh, and really? then I play Mario Kart 64. I'm like, dude, this game is so bad. <laughs> it's trash. Like, it's so bad. It handles like garbage, and then like Crash Team Racing, just like the controls are so it's tight. So and, good. Like, it's Perfect. There's these little micro strategies of like getting ten yeah. fruit so you can get the best like weapon. It's just yeah. there's so many things. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people say so that. Good. Yeah, Super Smash Bros. 64 is the best 
Super Smash that's Bros. Also, too. That's, that's also, also wrong. wrong. That's also know. wrong. I think like, people let nostalgia cloud their judgment. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> although someone would tell me that about Crash Team Racing. Yeah, <laughs> Crash Team Great Racing is objectively perfect. Good. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, uh, anytime, like this, the thing about Super Smash Bros. But like when you tell people who your favorite character is. It was always like a negative reaction. Like no matter yeah. who it is, like oh, it's it's Kirby. People are like, oh, you're a douche. Like, yeah. like no matter what, it's always wrong. Like who's your favorite character? And who's your who's your character in Super Smash Bros? Uh, Doctor Mario. Really? And then, see, like I just did. It's always the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Doctor Mario and Melee. And the original one, I don't care. I don't know. See, my favorite is it's Falco. <laughs> Ugh. Yes. Yeah, my favorite like, is Cloud. Cloud is my favorite. Cloud? Oh, like, yeah. I haven't even played <laughs> yeah. as Cloud in the new one. Oh, is that, Dude, is I, that a new character? Yeah, yeah well, it's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I like, forgot he my, was in the game. You said Cloud. I was like, I was what? Like, what? I was like, yep. this, isn't, this isn't Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you mean Kirby? Like, yeah. Kirby's like kind of a cloudy character. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't really play Smash that much, but I, you know... Everyone has it, so I right, played yeah. it a couple of times, yeah, yeah. and the new one, I'm just like, hell yeah, cloud! <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like, Ugh, they could have been, it could have been so many other characters. I'm like, nah, yeah, dude, yeah, it's, it's cloud. cloud. That's so funny. Um, and then me and Devin, we first met at like the Pokemon Mall tour in was it oh, 2009? Really? Yeah, it was Pokemon 2009 Day. or 2010, whenever Black and White came out. Yeah, it was, they did this mall tour, and for some reason they picked Oak Ridge. I don't even understand why. Because dude, was, like, I don't know. I was so glad though that was right down the street from my house. Yeah, I was so. Happy. <laughs> it was like that's still to this day one of the best days of my dude, life. Dude, same. I spent twelve hours in the mall. Yeah, and it was. God, is it, that where like you got like a bunch of your Pokemon swag? I, well, I mean, yeah. I have like so much Pokemon swag that like you can't mm. even. That's like, not even a small like, percentage, like but the, like the fan feed doll. Is that where you got that? No, no. Okay, I have, I have the best uh, item of Pokemon merch, and it is a sign. It says Pokemon Black and White, no food or drink. Because at the, <laughs> at the very end, we went to where the demo was, That's and then so we good. like no looked around, and then we took the the sign from in the thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's Have you so played uh, Sun and Moon yet? I have it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played it. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't beaten it. And it's like the first game. Actually, I didn't like the Ruby and Sapphire remakes that much, other mm-hmm. than uh, Dexnav, which was like incredible. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, I don't like it. Just didn't it didn't hook me like the other games. I still think it's a really good game, but it's like I don't know. Yeah, it um, just wish I had time. I'm just I'm such a Pokemon loyalist. Yeah, that I <laughs> I just need need to do it. Who's your and favorite? So, what's your favorite generation? My favorite generation <sighs> might have to stick with two because that's the me first. Too. Yeah, that's that's the first generation I played. Yeah. Oh, two, is it? Okay. Two, yeah. yeah. It was Two's the first. Favorite, that was yeah. the first generation I owned. I had always like had to borrow people's mm-hmm. cartridges for Gen One, yeah. and then like Gen Two, I like finally just got to sit down and yeah. spend like hundreds yeah. of hours. Yeah. Gen Two is yeah. so good. I had a I had an uncle that worked at an airport at airport lost and found. Uh-huh. So after a certain amount of days, you know, just people aren't going <laughs> to grab that. So so I remember I got Crystal version that way. <laughs> so that's awesome. You yeah. said that's so funny. It's like after a certain amount of days, people aren't going to grab that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, so he just like he gave it to me one day. That's um, awesome. But yeah, they're um I feel like the second gen specifically there was such a mysticism about the legendaries. Yeah. yeah oh, really dude, I was. There was, yeah. There, like legendaries nowadays. These legendaries nowadays are yeah. not like how they used <laughs> no, to be. I, I totally agree. I actually think <laughs> that that's legendaries now. That's one thing that Sun and Moon I think has got I haven't beaten it, so I don't know like the yeah. full story of the legendaries, but it feels like this really localized mythology where it's yeah. like yeah, you get into like Diamond and Pearl. It's like all of space and time, and yeah, like, right, yeah. and God, and it's yeah. just like there's so it, the stakes are too high. Whereas like in first and second gen, it felt like these like local myths, and you're like, 
like, oh yeah, exactly. I saw an intake, yeah. like run, uh-huh. run right by me or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. There's some unknown. Yeah, like right. what are they? Oh yeah, yeah. and like no, one as a, as a like as a kid, I tried to raise an unknown. I was like, he has to learn a different move. We're like, what if he evolved? And like, yeah, I just, it's like no, it's just a trash. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that time when you're a kid, you you really think you really think. Uh, Something wild will happen, yeah. right? Because yeah. sometimes wild things did happen. Yeah, like if totally. you turned turned off your Game yeah, Boy, I love the while switching boxes. Yeah, you, you could clone you could clone. Yeah, <laughs> right. I love the legendary birds too in Gen two. Oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're great. fantastic. Yeah, well, but, it, but then later it's just like oh, event Pokemon like coming coming around. And there, it's just I mean, like, there's always event Pokemon, but there was like one. It was just one. Yeah, yeah. But now there's like six or seven for each, or something mm-hmm. crazy. The legendaries nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah legendaries yeah, it just, nowadays. It just takes like the yeah the mystical part out of it. See, Don't Sun, make them like they used to. <laughs> yeah. Sun and Moon fixes it a little bit because they have like these Ultra Beasts that are like mm-hmm. they can. They're like almost non-canon. They just come from like a different universe, so they can just like throw as many of those in the game as they want to uh-huh. be like pseudo legendaries. And then the actual legendary count, I think, is pretty low in Sun and Moon. And That's Ozone. good. Yeah. yeah, keep it low. Keep it low. Keep it low. Keep yeah, it low. and like Ruby, it's like Diamond and Pearl. I think there's like twelve. There's like three. yeah, Diamond and Pearl. Uh, there's like Diamond and Pearl had, yeah. had the mm-hmm. most. There, there's some aspects of it I like. Uh, Diamond and Pearl, I actually never played. They're not that um, great. They're okay. I, yeah. I like that the fact they just brought God. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's God now. Yeah. <laughs> also, this dude eats nightmares. Um, yeah. Serpent. All the right. legendaries in that one are just like, stakes are so high for them. Like, yeah, They're right. just like, yeah. Definitely. they're too important. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. you to get a reaction when Edmund said that his favorite uh, gen was Gen 1, because uh, I know you I really don't like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> trust people like that. Yeah. I don't trust people whose favorite okay, gen like, Gen he's, 1. He's like my, one of my favorite game developers, and I was just like uh, sitting there, and I was like, I can't say super anything. Super Star Trek. Yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> I wanted you to be like, yeah, that's my favorite too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think his, his, he was talking about from like a design perspective, and in some ways I agree with him, because I think the first gen uh, has this sense of exploration that like is just not in any other game, because it's mm-hmm. like every other game is a lot more linear than the first generation, and yeah. so I think that's its strength. So I didn't, yeah. didn't want to like call him out on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. After, after you said that that like gen one is not that good and and i think a lot of people like it just for mainly nostalgia oh, reasons I, no i think it's really good I no just, like just, i think it's the, good i just don't trust people who that's their favorite yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like no, just like from a perspective where like that's the design the design of each pokemon because you oh, look back yes. and when, you're just like, that's like their their favorite yeah because the po- exactly. so many new pokemon are so cool yeah i know like yeah why like who who looked at seal and was like yeah great design <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> they, put, they, put a, they put a horn on an animal and they gave it the same, same exact name yeah <laughs> exactly yeah like the names are so boring too yeah, like yeah. muck i mean like yeah <laughs> and mr mime is like mr mime, mime is the worst <laughs> no mr mime's good there's actually only one uh bad pokemon was that from Gen One? No, ever. Oh, ever. What do you think? It's Palpatoad. Pal- you don't like Palpatoad? <laughs> His face looks so weird, dude. I can't stand it. <laughs> like that. You think, I mean, I, I could see that, but like, yeah. Sock and throw are like some of the worst in my. Like, there's just like some weird ones that just. Yeah, no, they're, they're all right. Palpatoad just makes me mad upon like <laughs> gazing upon it, and like Temple kind of too because of those eyebrows. Yeah. Just, like, oh, Temple is like yeah. yeah. Temple, Palpatoad, but the thing is, um, the Frog Boy. Um, after Seismitoad is yeah. sick. Seismitoad's oh, yeah, yeah. tight, but Palpatoad just—he just looks like a look, human, human face on like a, a tadpole's yeah. body. No, he looks like he looks like the in like Spy Kids when they would like <laughs> mash up all their faces. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. Palpatoad looks like. <laughs> looks like a Spy Kids villain. <laughs> 
uh, I, from Gen One, I always hated Mr. Mime and Jinx. Actually, I never yeah. like. Yeah, I think yeah. no one should like Jinx. No yeah. one should like Jinx. Because no I think, no I think all Pokemon like should be like loosely based off an animal. No, don't, that's or, like that's how you get down the wrong path. It doesn't have to be animal. I like or, the ice cream Pokemon. Or, or yeah, something I love like ice that. Cream. <laughs> I love the key the keychain Pokemon. Clefki is my top five. Oh yeah. Or if it's like if it's based on a human though, like I feel like it's just. But there's always a human type Pokemon. It's always it's always kind of existed. There's not a there's no human type Pokemon. Yeah, Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan. Uh, Machamp. Machamp, yeah. Oh, yeah. Machamp right. and Machamp. I guess, yeah. I guess Jinx yeah. is a little too close, though. <laughs> you know, like, it gets too Jinx, close. Jinx is just bad for very obvious reasons. Yeah, there's just like a. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> um, are there any shows you're watching right now? Yeah, I don't know. I make time to watch basketball, and that's pretty much my only free time. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. But um, growing up, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, things that impacted me, I guess, like Hey Arnold, those like earlier yeah, cartoons yeah, like dude. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm like I'm a big cartoon fan, but I can't like I love cartoons so much now. Um, I think cartoons are better now. <laughs> I, uh-huh. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, you get uh, does Hey Arnold hold up? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, I've been watching it. it. I. I, I've made time to watch like some some Hey Arnold and it's it's really good. Yeah, hey, it's really it's just so real. Yeah, it's well, and I, I love it because it feel yeah it feels like these are some real kids in like a real city and it's yeah. like it's like got a really diverse cast of characters right, and like they're yeah. all really interesting and like flawed in different ways but like yeah. I don't know it's just yeah. it's so and, cool and. The greatest part about Hey Arnold is like it's not about Arnold. Yeah, it's about the world happening around Arnold. Totally, right, totally. Yeah. which is great. I've, I haven't seen it in so long, but is it a main part of the story that like Arnold like isn't that wealthy? Is that part of it? Or yeah, is well, it, yeah, it kind of like, none of them are? Yeah, I think they think there's like one rich kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh-huh. yeah, none of all of them live in like he's like lower class, right? Is that? Uh, is I, it, I mean, it, I'm not sure it, if, that, it's if it's not, that apparent, but yeah, I mean, it's not like the the greatest part about Harold is it's not like poverty porn. It's yeah, like, right. It's yeah. like it's the same thing that makes that show, uh, the Get Down, so uh-huh. great that, yeah, that Netflix uh-huh. show. It's just like if you really think about it, like yeah, these people aren't probably aren't super well off in that context, but it's never right. just like depressing crime. Exactly. It's just like yeah, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. kids just, being kids yeah. in a city. And laying like, in the uh, the vacated lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, exactly. yeah, exactly. Well, and like Arnold lives with like his grandparents, uh-huh. and he's an orphan, and like uh-huh. it he, never says what happens to his parents. They do. They, no, they, they do. do. They do yeah, they, they disappeared. Oh, they disappeared, and then they're actually doing a movie. They're uh, yeah, they're doing something new with it. But like oh, really? the yeah. very end of the series, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched <laughs> Hey Arnold, the whole um, way through, <laughs> the whole way through. Yeah, like the last part of the series was um like an episode about his parents that disappeared traveling. Uh-huh. Um, but he finds like uh like a like false back to the book like pages stuck together that uh-huh. like yeah. gives the coordinates where they were supposed to go right yeah, yeah. and that was like the very end of the series and now oh, the, the original yeah. creator is actually writing a movie now that's like going to explore that kind of cliffhanger that they end the series so on. Cool. I, i'm i'm really interested to see because i really hope they it's like one of those things where he just like doesn't find them yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. I just it's, always realize yeah. like, if yeah, it's just yeah. like yeah, they found them. It's everything's happy now. Yeah, I'm already just like, yeah. Out, like <laughs> yeah, they were just <laughs> yeah. chilling. <laughs> yeah, making yeah. off-screen characters on-screen characters is always mm-hmm. is always kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I hope yeah. He, like, he like he has this really emotional journey, and he just like he finds their graves or something like that. Like yeah. maybe they had a burial, and like they were, they actually yeah. like were. I just, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I just know. hope it's just like the initial Hey Arnold was just real as hell. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, they don't they don't really hold punches in that show. It's they don't, dude. There's like the Vietnam War in there. Yeah. 
things. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good show. It, like, it's it's like a well-written show by my adult brain standards, I think. Yeah, dude. Like, they straight up, like, the whole, like, Mr. Huynh backstory. Like, yeah, dude. That, that episode is, like... It's uh, rough. <laughs> that, that episode is great. Yeah. But it's, like, how many other cartoons, like, introduced the concept of refugee children. Yeah. Like, Whoa, none. Yeah, none. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero totally. is the answer. I mean, the answer is probably, like, there's probably some. Yeah, right, Somebody's yeah. probably going to tweet me, like, actually, this show. But none, none come to mind. I don't watch shows, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shouts out to Hey Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you said that like, cartoons are, like, better now. Like, what cartoons yeah. like, are out there? Uh, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, um, Gumball. The, the, oh, the I'm actually, I've never Gumball. watched Gumball, actually. That show is so <laughs> wild. That show is like, it's it captures a lot of the spirit of first watching like Spongebob episodes. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just so absurd. Okay, and it just cool. keeps raising raising the bar. It's That show is great. I haven't watched it in a minute because I haven't watched cartoons in like a couple months, but... Yeah, you're a big Avatar fan, right? Yeah, oh, yeah I'm you're, a huge Avatar yeah, fan. The, I love in, that In the midst of... Two gigantic Avatar fans. Dude, yeah. I love Avatar <laughs> yeah. so much. And it's funny because um, two years ago when the Warriors won the championship, mm-hmm. I mean, I drew a bunch of like parallels to Avatar The Last Airbender. Because <laughs> um, it's honestly so eerily similar. But now it's even more similar. Like if you look at the Warriors and the Cavaliers and the Cavaliers <laughs> being the Fire Nation and the Warriors being... Uh, Warriors being uh, Aang's crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Team Avatar. Um yeah, especially since we got Kevin Durant. It's like yeah. Zuko. Zuko was on the other team. But then <laughs> Kevin Durant is a lot like Prince Zuko. Man, I gotta Quote get, me on that. I gotta get. I gotta get into basketball now. Like, dude, that, it's that's right. literally <laughs> exactly like Avatar. Like Steph Curry's Aang. Um, Steph Curry's Aang. This is so uh, good. Clay Thompson, Sokka. Draymond Green is top. Draymond Green is one hundred percent top. Um, Zaza Pachulia is Appa. That's um, so good. I love it so much. And Kevin Durant is is, uh, is Zuko. Zuko. Who's Momo? Momo. That's Andre Iguodala. Wait, no, no. Andre Iguodala is uh, is Iro actually because okay. he's great. just like this wise old dude. That's my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? Oh, dude. Probably Iro. Iro. Yeah. yeah. Iro is just like, the best. Dude. Oh. That the the tales of bossing yeah. say episode. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like cry Every thinking time. about that episode. Yeah. It's like fuck. It's so yeah. ridiculous. He's simultaneously like the most badass character. I don't, I don't know if I feel like Top is a little more badass. Yeah. Although when he's, like, when he's like in the oh, when, when he's in the prison cell and he's like yeah, secretly. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. prison uh-huh. scene. Ooh. God, yeah, that's that was, cool. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, hey, you should not come to work tomorrow. You know when he tells the the guard oh, that, yeah, 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 you've been so kind. Yeah, that's don't come right. to work tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so. And you're just like, what's gonna happen? Yeah. Oh man, he's uh, also like the he's also one of the funniest characters too. Yeah, like, yeah, um, he's great. God, he's the who's, oh, what a, it, he's just so complex because like he mm. knows that these conflicts are bigger than himself, and so mm. he like he he kind of sticks true to his own moral compass. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's just like this a wise observer, and he knows when to intervene, and he knows when to let things just happen. Yeah. It's like, so cool. When, when Zuko's like, yeah, I know. Like Azula's family, so boy, and he's like, "Nah, dude, like knock her out." <laughs> right. Yeah, she's yeah. she's way far gone. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's right. right. When he's like, "No," it's like Azula's my sister, right? So I should love her. He's like, "Nope, she's crazy." <laughs> yeah, uh, don't even mess with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I would want them to make another uh, like another Avatar story. I would watch it in a heartbeat. I would watch it, but like, <laughs> I would watch I, it. I would. I would it want. Depends. I want them to do like Iroh's story. Yeah, I think Korra um, did a really good job of taking on that universe in the yeah. life of its own. I totally so, agree. I, 
I mean, the the creative team is two for two. Uh, like good <laughs> yeah, series, right? So yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll probably watch another one because yeah. I think they're they would do they they do actually an incredibly good job of um, making an entirely new story that has motivate like really good characters, really flesh out characters, really flesh out story, really fleshed out themes, and knowing exactly when to touch on the past yeah um, right yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah except for the, like i think it was the second season second of Korra se- was really yeah. bad yeah second season's bad but and the then... rest were really <laughs> all the, yeah. the rest of the seasons were really good i don't think it's as good as airbender um the well, last I, just, I just think yeah. it's different it's, i don't think it is either yeah I, like i think it's the same way i like i like better call saul to breaking bad where i think i might have said this on the show before where i think it oh, takes really? the history of the original show and it like Mm. It create it does a lot of good world building where it's like right, okay yeah. this all, we all know this and so yeah. like what where do we go now and I, right. I just I think they did a really I need good to job pick up Better Call Saul back because I watched the first season and I really liked it yeah it's season two is really good yeah, too. yeah. season two is amazing I recommend it yeah uh, I have to ask who's your favorite character in Korra in Korra yeah Bolin oh but really Bolin yeah. because I have a crush on Not Bolin <laughs> yeah that, that's literally that's uh, really Tenzin is definitely Tenzin is definitely my favorite character yeah. and yeah. then maybe Tenzin's really good with like with Milo as like a close second yeah, <laughs> yeah Milo's really good yeah. yeah they're all good yeah but I think the thing that I like more about Last Airbender is all the auxiliary characters were so yeah good. right yeah they were so good and distinct they're yeah. all really distinct and that's what yeah. I love about um shows like that and what I love about like you know JRPGs and things like that is you have so many auxiliary characters it really creates this like community sort of feel right where it's just like oh there's that dude I love that dude yeah right. uh-huh. totally yeah and I feel like that's one thing Cora kind of lacked that I wish was there there wasn't yeah. really as many outside characters where I'm just like yeah right, cabbage yeah. dude exactly <laughs> yeah exactly or like <laughs> the, the story of Jet and yeah like, I was yeah. gonna bring yeah, up Jet yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Joe, Joe was a great story yeah uh, cool. I think uh, we can get into the takeaway yeah. now. I think that, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. So uh, the takeaway is just if someone were to skip the entire episode and just go to like this one section, what do you want them to be left with? Oh, man. Uh, do things. <laughs> just do you, dude. Just don't listen to other people. Uh, or listen to some people. Listen to the people you care about. Yeah. If no one's cared about you, don't listen to them. Uh, don't take advice from people you don't like or haven't been successful. That's it. Cool. Love <laughs> yeah, it. no, that's great. great. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Oh, let's get into, let's get into plugs. plugs. Yeah. yeah, what do you have to plug? Oh, uh, me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Goliad underscore Valco, I think. And then we'll put, we'll put a link in the yeah, description. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at Galaxy Swim Team. Cool. Uh, everything can be found there. Great. Yeah. And Slime Girls, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah. When's the, when's the new record uh, for Junior Adelberg coming out? March. I'm going to say March. <laughs> <Okay>. March. <laughs> this actually might. This is, this is probably releasing in like a month, month and a half. So if, oh. it, if it's out, we'll definitely have a link in the description. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're trying to have it out before South by. Make sure you tweet at Devin about other Oh, cards. actually, oh, yeah. wait, before we go, I wanted to ask just about uh, the Hannibal Burris thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, what Hannibal Burris thing? Uh, so Slime Girls played with Hannibal Burris last year at South by. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because he, he does this thing. He did it the year before where he just tweeted out... Um, yeah, I want to play Keys tonight. If you have a band, I'll play with you. Uh-huh. And uh, our drummer Jackson was just like, yeah, we'll do it. And he was like, <laughs> all right, I'm booked. And then right. the entire awesome. day didn't say anything and then came through at night and played. That, that's, did he that's just so like cool. jump on and like play whatever he wanted? Or was there yeah, some... He, he showed, <laughs> yeah, so cool. he showed up. 
And um, the funny part, I got to set this record straight, that <laughs> Pedro had no idea who Hannibal Burris was. But me, Rob, and Jackson were all huge like Hannibal fans because yeah. we'd watch Eric Andre and other things. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, I love uh, Eric Andre. Yeah, but... Uh, Pedro had no idea who he was, so he sent him notes of each song, like how to play them. And then That's me and so Jackson funny. were just like, dude, do you not get the joke? Like, he doesn't know how to play. Like, that's, that's, that's so funny. That's the thing. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool that he actually yeah. There's yeah. video of it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll link that too if I, if I can yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. The the fallout <laughs> from that was really really fun. Uh, everyone's different takes of it. Right, people coming out of the woodwork to. To, to, give, their, to yeah. give their two cents on uh or I mean just afterwards. Oh like, I see, I see. People coming out of nowhere to give their two cents on on things. It was just really weird. It still <laughs> it still follows, man. Yeah, like right. it still follows. Like <laughs> like obviously that was a year ago. I'm talking about it right now. It's cool though, because I love Hannibal Burris. Yeah, like, Hannibal's I'm great, always yeah. down to talk about Hannibal Burris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's so like funny. just as cool in real life as you would think. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. it was really cool. He was really nice. I felt really bad because I, I feel like uh some people there were uh, fucking up his game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can sure. curse. But yeah, you can curse, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can say anything you want. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I felt like uh, uh, some people were fucking up his game. But uh, he still took pictures with everybody, which right. was really right. nice. Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice yeah. of him. Oh, cool. Um, John, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, my Twitter, at JohnLee271. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at K underscore Hoog. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. And uh, I don't do I have anything else? You got you got nothing. Undertale two. Undertale Undertale two. two. (laughs) One day. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks, Devin. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Hit that button. Thanks for listening to the process. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, be sure to give us a like over at facebook.com slash the process with John and Kevin or soundcloud.com slash the process with John and Kevin. Give us a subscribe or follow us on Twitter at process podcast or just find us in any process on any process on, <laughs> on any, any podcasting just app just find i mean just yeah just find there. us just and join us. us next week chelsea Krister, yeah director director you- of bleeding audio the matches documentary um it's a great episode i'm excited for the documentary it's gonna be good so check it out check it out check 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 it out all right thanks guys <laughs>